The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. And here we are just three days away from opening day. It's so hard to believe that, but can't wait for that big event at the K on Monday. First pitch, of course, at 310. But, you know, 2 o'clock is the big ring and flag ceremony. So make sure you're in your seats by 2 o'clock. We got the Kansas City Symphony doing the national anthem, which, of course, happened during the World Series last year. So that'll be fun. And the gates are at 1 o'clock. And, and here we are on Clubhouse Conversation, another edition of your dish. It's Davo, by the way. And I'm joined again on this episode. Uh, very good uh, response last time, Jake, that you were on. It is Clubhouse Conversation Insider Jake Lutz, fresh back from Surprise, Arizona, and ready to talk some Royals baseball. This is kind of the preview slash predictions edition of the of, of the dish tonight. Jake, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good, man. I am excited now. Here's one thing to know. Jake and I decided on the things that we were going to talk about before recording this episode of the dish. Now we're going to go over in this episode. How we think the AL Central is going to look, we're going to go in-depth on these five teams. We'll, we'll both break down one to five. Neither of us knows, by the way, what the other person has picked, so this will be a surprise to me as it will to you. So we'll go through one through five, the AL Central, then we'll go through some predictions for the Royals. The Royals Player of the Year, Royals Pitcher of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, and then uh, a minor league player who's yet to make his MLB debut that we think could make an impact during the 2015 season. So lots to look forward to on this edition of Clubhouse Conversation. Before we get in, by the way, Jake, I'm sure uh, you saw uh, Lewis Coleman sent uh, you know through waivers tonight, which of course means 99% sure he'll get traded or picked up. I'm assuming there'll be more than one claim on him, so the Royals will make a move, uh, which to me says either Brian Flynn or Ryan Matson obviously made the team. Jake, I'm thinking Flynn. I know, I know Flynn's got an option left, uh, but from what I hear, you know, Matson needs some more time in Omaha. He said he would go to Omaha as long as he's not picked up. What are your thoughts on the whole Flynn versus Matson? Yeah, I think it's going to be Flynn too, because Madsen. I just I don't think he's. I think he does need some more time in minor league games, you know, to get it together. And um, I was a little surprised, though, honestly, when I saw the news today about you know because I think Coleman will get picked up by uh, somebody off waivers. So yeah, it, it was an interesting move. There's no chance he ends up back in Omaha. You know, somebody will put a claim in for him. Most likely, more than one team, and the Royals, I'm assuming, will work out some sort of deal for Lewis Coleman. Perhaps get that guy that we that I predicted last week. You know, when we talked last, that I thought perhaps if, if Coleman was put on waivers and traded, the Royals would get one of those super utility like a poor man's Emilio Bonifacio, who perhaps plays both the infield and outfield, which still could happen before opening day. But you know, I'm, I'm kind of pulling for one of our underdogs, Paula Orlando or Whit Merrifield, a guy like that to get that spot as well but we'll see I, I agree Jake I think it's got to be Flynn I think Flynn has outperformed pretty much the entire crop of relievers the Royals have this spring and, and speaking of Flynn of course for Aaron Crow and Dayton Moore wins again with a trade is, is you know Crow the Tommy John tough luck for Aaron yeah I mean it was a great move it turned out to be another great move by Dayton Moore there I mean and Flynn also he yeah he's had an incredible spring really he's a really big guy a powerful lefty, and I think he'll definitely be have an impact on this team as a lefty out of the pen. I see Flynn, you know, I'm not going to call him in the same mold as Will Smith yet because I've only seen him throw him in person once. So we're not going to compare. I'm not saying stuff-wise. I'm not saying stuff-wise he's Will Smith. But I think it's it's a, it's an interesting guy because it's a guy Dayton Moore traded for. Kind of, you know, a, a guy that through the minor leagues has been okay as a starter, you know, got lit up when he came to the major leagues. Of course, Smith had not pitched in the major leagues when the Royals got him with Sean O'Sullivan. But, I mean, Flynn, a guy that had gotten lit up in a brief cup of coffee, 
you know, at the major league level. But a guy that Dayton and company had, you know, believed could be a good reliever, and that's kind of the same as Will Smith, and we saw how that turned out. So, I mean, you agree with me that Flynn's one of the more intriguing guys in camp. Definitely, yeah. And I, I was really impressed with him down in Surprise. I mean, he, he's intimidating to look at, I think, as a hitter because um, he's so tall. He's a big guy, and he does, you're right, he does remind me a lot of Will Smith. I mean, maybe not quite as good at breaking stuff as Will Smith, but I think he definitely could have the same type of impact for this team that Will Smith did a couple of years ago as a as a lefty out of the pen who can you know definitely help us out. Yeah, and, and the Royals of yesteryear, you know, even a couple three years ago, might have sent him down to the minor leagues and you know kept mm-hmm. a guy like Madsen. But I mean, like like Ned Yosa said throughout the spring, which is true, we're not in the business of you know sacrificing ball games or you know we're putting the best team out there. We're competing for a championship. We're no longer building the future. You know, we're going for it now. So I, I agree with them, especially with a guy like Coach Haver starting the season in the DL. You need your best bullpen out there, and I think Flynn does make your team better at this point than Matson. And I, I'm not so sure Matson will get claimed either. And if he does, and it's not the end of the world. The Royals have some other options down yeah. there in the minor league. So there you go. That's that's the move that happened today. But, Jake, let's get into our prediction edition here of the dish on Clubhouse Conversation. Could be a lengthy one here. So you know, get a beer, get some popcorn, some food, whatever, whatever you do. Let's go over the AL Central, Jake. Would you like to begin with your one through five, or would you like me to begin? Um, I can start if you'd like. Should okay. we start at the bottom? Yeah, I think we I can. Think we start at the bottom. <laughs> I think it's a pretty well, obvious. Administrative yeah, Twins, I think right? We both are probably probably going to have the same team as our uh, fifth place <laughs> team. But uh, the Minnesota Twins are going to finish last in this division. There is no if thoughts about this. Um, you want to talk about the Twins? A little new new additions. Well, first of all, they have a new manager who has no managing experience. And that, I first of all think, is going to be there's going to be some growing pains there. Mm-hmm. It picks up Irving Santana, who we know very well as Royal fans. Irving Santana. This was the biggest free agent contract though in Twins history, and I don't think he's worth four years of fifty-four million dollars. Agree. And um, and then Tory Hunter was really their only other big pickup. He's a thirty-nine-year-old outfielder, well out of his prime. Very happy actually that the Royals did not you know go after him, but um. I guess if you want to look at some upside for the Twins, they do have one of the best farm systems in baseball right now. They've got some young guys in their lineup that are going to get better, and I think they will have a lot of players coming up throughout the year. And they probably will get better as the year goes on, but their starting rotation, other than Santana and Hughes, is a disaster. Their lineup is young, but there's a lot of older players in their lineup, too, and I think Maurer is on the decline now. And... um Defense is mediocre. A lot of young guys in their bullpen, other than Perkins at closer, is kind of a disaster, too. So I've got, would you like me to go ahead and give you my predicted record for them? I would love it. I'll give you mine, too. Yeah, I would love it. Oh, I've got them 73 and 89 this year. Wow, you're giving games better than last year, but. (laughs) Yeah, I've got them the exact same record as last year. I've got them at 71. And 91. This will be the fifth year in a row they've lost 90 plus. Although they are getting better. Yeah, you hit on a lot of what I wanted to say. You know, Paul Molitor in, a guy who, of course, got his 3,000th hit at Kauffman Stadium in front of like six people <laughs> back in the day, which is kind of sad. But, but uh, yeah, Paul Molitor, I agree. For, for a young team, it, it is kind of a curious choice. Although, you know, obviously you have to respect the skipper, and, and who's not going to respect Paul Molitor? You know, baseball Hall of Famer with that well, resume. So, you know. Yeah, and he's and he's a Minnesota native, you know, and and I get the hire. It's just you know, with no managing experience in a young team, you can't you know, you can't expect them to do much more than this is just a year. This is kind of like what the Royals went through maybe 
you want to say three years ago when Hosmer and those guys were first starting coming coming up well, four uh, years ago now. As Royals fans who have been tormented by the Twins for all these years, let's hope it's more like a Trey <laughs> Hillman hire. <laughs> you know, let's hope the results <laughs> right. are more similar to that. You know, not not to not to bash on Trey. You know, did his best, but those those years, of course, didn't end up how we wanted them to. But yeah, uh, I agree with you on the rotation. Santana and Hughes is a very nice. One, two, but after that, mm-hmm. you know, anytime, I mean, there's just a lot of retread names, nobody that really scares you much. I mean, you, Gibson's a decent pitcher if he's healthy, and but you know, you've got guys like Nolasco, yeah. and I mean, guys like that are just very, very, very run of the mill. Um, I'm with you on the bullpen. Glenn, Glenn Perkins is nice, he's an all star last year, but nothing spectacular. I do like, like you said, you mentioned their prospects. A couple of them coming up who we will see, uh, Byron Buxton and Miguel Sanyo this yeah. year are studs. I mean, especially Buxton. But mm-hmm. then uh, the, the two guys I really like in this team, Jake, are uh, Danny Santana at shortstop. I think mm-hmm. he could be a star. I mean, he was fantastic last year. Absolutely. But, but, you know, going through my baseball prospectus and, and being the baseball geek that I am, you look at his average on balls in play, it was extremely high. So some luck could have factored into his success. So you, we'll see, though. I mean, I, I think he'll get better on, you know, he's still so young. So, I mean, I'm not saying that's the ceiling, but I think he'll get better. I think Santana could be a star eventually. And uh, I really like uh, Eswaldo Arcia there in left field, big time. Raw power. Not a huge fan of his hair, though. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I had both both of them in my, on my list, too. And Kenny's Vargas is a guy mm-hmm. who can provide some power, too. So they got some good young hitters in there, but it's just, you know, they're, they're a ways away from being able to actually compete in this division that is very strong this year. So. That's, that's a team, though, Jake, that you hate. I mean, you hate facing that team in September. That just seems like a team that could get hot yes. and be spoilers. They just, that's, just a tw- that's just how they play. They're pesky, you know? It is, and when they have these guys up, they're going to be an exciting team probably to watch towards the end of the year because they're going to have all their prospects up and some guys who they're, they're going to be seeing their future on the field finally. Yeah, they're, the, they're a team that you're probably not going to want to face in August and September a lot because they're going to be playing the spoiler role. Well, well, let's go back up to fourth place now. We'll work our way backwards. Now, I, I'm guessing I might have a different fourth place team than yours. I have. You're going to be surprised. A lot of people are going to be surprised by this. A lot of people are going to laugh at me, but I will tell you why I have this team in fourth place. I have the Detroit Tigers in fourth place at 81 and 81. <laughs> Who do you have in fourth place? I have... You may be surprised by this, too. I have the Chicago White Sox hmm. in fourth place. Well, I've got the White Sox in third. Where do you have Detroit at? I have Detroit in third. Okay. We have those flips. So. Okay, so let's go over the, the Tigers and the White Sox. Let's start with Detroit, then. I'll start with Detroit here, and I'll tell you why I think they're an 81 and 81 team. So I've mm-hmm. got them in fourth. Jake has them in third. And then I have the White Sox in third. He has them in fourth. So we'll start with the Tigers here. Now, the two main words to me why I believe – they're an 81 and 81 team. There's several factors here, but the number one thing is two words: injury prone. You look, uh, <laughs> yes. you look over this team now. Miguel Cabrera didn't even OPS 900 last season, which I mean, that's he's still had a damn good year. Don't don't you know? Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking trash mm-hmm. on Miggy, but for him, and then you look at the fact that he had two surgeries this offseason. A guy who always seems like he's you know, one hangnail away from the DL at any point. I mean, he's you know, playing on sprained ankles and bum knees and just it's something. He, give him credit. He grinds through it and finds a way. Maybe not the best hustle in the world, but was better. I'll give him credit. A lot better defensively than I thought he would be last year. I'll give him credit for that. But, yeah. I, I mean, Miguel Cabrera's injury prone. Victor Martinez, of course, missed a whole season recently and already injured You know, early this spring. He's 36 years old. Yes, he had a career year, but Victor Martinez, always injury prone. We, we know that. He's 36. Alex Avila there behind the dish, you know, concussion after concussion, which is too bad, by the way, because I've actually talked to Avila. He's a, he's a good guy and a, a pretty damn good catcher. So you, you don't like seeing somebody, you know, 
have their career cut short, which it very well could be by concussions. But you got Alex Avila and then Anibal Sanchez. We know down the stretch last year in September when they needed him the most, he was out. I mean, so you go through that. That's four key players for them that are injury prone. If two of those guys are injured for extended periods, they're in big trouble, I think. And then, you know, let's keep going with this team here. You've got no Max Scherzer, so you've lost that. You did trade Porcello, who was very effective, to get Cespedes. More on that later. But, you know, the rest of that rotation, yeah, the names are sexy as hell in this rotation. David Price, stud, no doubt. I mean, Cy Young competitor. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, no doubt. Agreed. Price is a stud. But, you know, Verlander, most earned runs allowed in the entire American League last year. Do we think he's going to bounce back? I would say a little bit, Jake, maybe you know, maybe half a run. But even that, I don't see him being much better than league average. Maybe just league average, you know. And he's your number two guy. Mm-hmm. We mentioned Sanchez, who could be a stud. I mean, in theory, Price, Verlander, and Sanchez is sexy as hell when you listen to those three names. But to me, Price is the only one pretty much guaranteed to be a stud this year. And I think we'll go through the rest of the teams in the Central, but I think we can both agree that the top four in the Central all have at least one stud at the top of their rotation. I mean, you go in, though, you know, mm-hmm. Alfredo Simon, so-so. Eh, eh, I mean, he can't really strike anybody out. He's your fourth starter. And, you know, North Torrey Hunter, you know, who brought a lot of intangibles to that team. Still got a young manager a lot of people don't love there. You know, speaking of a guy with first big league job, J.D. Martinez, is he really going to – turn into you know Ty Cobb again this year. And here's the one thing, the, the two more things about Detroit, Jake. I like talking bad about Detroit, by the way. I really enjoy this. Although, although <laughs> I like I, hearing it. Yeah, although I honestly believe this. I'm not just bashing Detroit. Honestly, with a neutral look is how I see them. But the, the other two things about them, what is the definition of insanity, Jake? Can you tell me what that is? <laughs> the definition of insanity? Yeah, it's doing the same thing over and over. And expecting a different result, Jake. And I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. The bullpen. Bullpen. For the Tigers. I mean, how, I mean, I, again, I don't want to call names here, but I'll talk a little trash. Detroit always talks trash about the Royals. I mean, you can't spell dumb without Dombrowski. Dave Dombrowski, the GM. I mean, what, how many years in a row are they going to run out Joe Nathan, Jabba Chamberlain, and Joaquin Soria out there? Soria, another guy that's injury prone. I don't even mention him. Nathan's like 75, so he's injury prone. Jabba, you know, I don't know. You never know if he's going to eat too much little Caesars. So, I mean, to me, this is just, Jake, their, their rotation is fourth best in the Central. Their bullpen is down there with the Twins. And I, I don't think their bullpen's that good. I mean, their offense could be good if they hit the long ball, but they're injury prone. I just, I don't see it, man. I, I think it's a really overrated team. I see them number one in most predictions. Them are Cleveland. I'm just, Jake, I'm not seeing it. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts now on the Tigers. Well, um, they're very similar to yours. I have them slightly better. I got their record at 84 and 78 this okay. year. Now, okay. fair enough. The main the main reason why I have it that low, I if they're if the guys on offense stay healthy, they are going to be effective. I think. But I think you're right. I think JD Martinez. There's no way he re- does what he did last year no. again. No. And <laughs> and you guys, you got so many guys. I I have this written down. I think that Cespedes. Uh, Victor Martinez and um, Miguel Cabrera all see at least one stint on the 15-day DL, mm-hmm. which is the reason they're not going to make the playoffs this year. Because mm-hmm. they've got an injury-prone team. Verlander started the season on the DL, mm-hmm. and he's thrown more. He's. I just saw this stat earlier today. He's thrown 2,000 more pitches than any other pitcher in baseball <laughs> since 2006. That's ridiculous. 2,000 more. And his arm's got to be close to falling off, which it's <laughs> yeah. showing. Yeah. After last year, he had you know he was not effective last year, and he's starting this this year. He's having arm problems, so I and, think and his new contract's just kicking in this year too. So have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just yeah I don't think the rotation is 
as strong. Like you said, Price and Sanchez are both very good, but Sanchez is injury-prone as well. Um, and then the bullpen is still not just one of the worst in the Central. It's one of the worst in baseball. Why do they not address the that? that? They, I don't – that's like the – seems like the one thing they needed to address in the offseason, and they didn't do it. There was no improvement in the offseason. They're expecting Soria to be their seventh-inning guy. They're expecting Rendon to be their eighth-inning guy, who is going to start the season on the mm-hmm. DL now. Yep. Andrew, yep. They don't even have a setup man. And then you got Joe Nathan as your closer, who was a disaster for the most part last year, mm-hmm. and is just getting older and older each year. So yeah, I think they're a team that has a lot more issues than you know some of the experts in baseball are really seeing. I and, agree. Um, that's I why agree. I think they're going to miss the playoffs this year. I agree. And one more thing. Detroit's really the only team I talk trash on. I've got to throw in one more thing, Jake. You hear all the time <laughs> about Detroit. And, yes, they've been to the playoffs more in recent years than the Royals, no doubt. And yes, they've been better recently. But a couple things to remember. The Royals were never as bad as the 3 Tigers, number one. Number two, <laughs> number two, Jake, you realize the Kansas City Royals have won seven World Series games since the Tigers last won a World Series game? You, you, you don't, did, you, you know, did you realize that? <laughs> I didn't know that, but that's interesting. <laughs> so when people tell you the Tigers win more and they're better than the Royals, just make sure to remind them of those two factors. That's all I'll say. Now, Mike, drop on that one. We'll, now we'll move on. All right, so moving on to the White Sox. You have them in fourth place. I have them in third. Now, I'll let you start with the White Sox. I have their record at 85-77. and 77. Go ahead and tell me your record and preview the White Sox. I've got them at 82-80. and 80. And um, this, this team is interesting because they could – it wouldn't surprise me if they were, you know – competing to possibly win the division, but I just don't know. They, the new additions, you got Samarja, who is your ace in the rotation, I guess. He's going to be the opening day starter. I mean, Chris Sale is starting the season on the DL, I believe, mm-hmm. or at yep. least missing his first start. I believe two starts, yeah. But um, Samarja, I, I just didn't feel like he was as good last year. Not that this matters, it's spring training, but he gave up nine home runs this spring. That's, that's not exactly a good sign. That's hard to do even in Arizona. Right. <laughs> so, um, they brought in David Robertson to be their closer, who for one year was a good closer, but I, he doesn't have a ton of experience yet. He's been a good relief pitcher, and the rest of their bullpen is still not very good. Yeah. Um, they brought they overpaid for Melky Cabrera and Adam LaRoche. They're both guys who can hit, but I don't I don't know about their lineup. One through four is solid. Jose Abreu, I think he'll be a monster again this year. He'll be the MVP. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he oh, he's killing the ball. He hit over 500 this spring, and he was we know how good he was last year. But they're five through nine in their lineup is where that's really what's going to determine whether they're a good lineup or not. With guys like Tyler Flowers and Gillespie and Alexi Ramirez, those guys are going to have to produce too because one through four can't do everything for them. Um, I got their I think their defense is still mediocre, and again, the bullpen just I don't think it's a very proven bullpen. And I think there's just a lot more question marks with this team. And, again, if they have any injuries at all with those guys who hit one through four like Abreu, if he gets injured again at all this year, they think they could really struggle. And same with their, ro- with their rotation. I mean, who even are their fourth and fifth starters? I mean, I guess like, Danks is their <laughs> fourth. And Danks again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Danks guys is every year. Danks seems to always beat the Royals, though, in recent years. So. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. – well <laughs> – but anyway, those guys have not been – they've been below average starting pitchers in the league. And uh, Roden's going to start the season in the minor leagues, which I think may be a mistake. I, you see how good he was in the spring? I would have put him I would have put him in the rotation. But. That's probably – yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. That's probably a service time thing with them, you know. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Um, but there's question marks about Sale, how healthy he's going to be too. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I mean, I've got this team like 85 and 77. They were 73 and 89 
last year. I thought Rick Hahn, the GM, like you mentioned, I mean, Jeff Samarja, great move. Um, and I think, obviously, if Sale's healthy, those are the, that, that that probably is the best one-two punch in the American League Central, if they're both healthy. You know, it's, it's right mm-hmm. up there. If, if not the best, I mean, it's I still think Duffy and Ventura could be right up there, too. And I think Kluber and Salazar yeah, yeah. could be good for Cleveland. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But So, you know, Sale and Samarja, I think Quintana had a really nice year. I think he's one of the most underrated pitchers in the, in the Central, although he has been kind of mediocre throughout the past. I could see him taking a step forward. He's not the youngest guy in the world, but... Um, and Danks yeah. is Danks, you know, whatever. I mean, but I, I'm with you on the bullpen there. I mean, David Robertson, I mean, how many t- – I mean, yeah, he's he's been good. He's no Mariano Rivera or Greg Holland. But, I mean, how many times, Jake, have we seen, you know, a closer's shelf life is not real long. So right, yeah. that's a concern. I mean, Zach Duke, you know, nice – you know, I guess a nice acquisition for the eighth inning. But, I mean, the rest of that pen, like you said – you got Jake Patricka and Zach Putnam, and I mean, there's just a lot of meddling guys out there. I mean, on the yeah. on the days when Sales and Samarja aren't pitching and giving you seven innings, how are you going to get to the ninth inning? You know, that's yeah, and that's that's what I looked at as, as thinking. You know, even if they won every game that Sales and Samarja go out there, I feel like they're really going to struggle any time those two aren't on the hill. Yeah, to finish games, whether it's you know starting pitching or whether it's the bullpen that has to get them through the end of the game, so. I just there's a lot more question marks for me than than I expected. I mean they're gonna be much better than last year, obviously, but I just don't know if they have enough to win this division. Yeah, uh, offensively I like them pretty good. I mean, uh, one guy I love, probably my favorite, uh, you know, opposing player in the Central is Adam Eaton. At the top of that, again, they gave him five yeah. years. I, I mean, five year deal was a great deal in spring training. I think Adam Eaton is a stud. I love him. He, I mean, he, I hate playing against him because mm-hmm. he's good, but I respect <laughs> the hell out of Adam Eaton. So I mean, you got him at the top, and you mentioned you know Adam LaRoche and, and Milky Cabrera. They overpaid for both Abreu, like you said. I mean, Alexi Ramirez is a nice above average bat at shortstop. You know. I'm with you. Outside of that, we'll see what happens with that. And then, uh, you know, I just, I'm with you, Jake. I, I think they're a much improved team. I think they're probably the most improved team in the American League Central from where they were a year mm-hmm. ago. And But I just, I don't see them. I mean, I've got them in third. You've got them in fourth. So we, we both kind of agree. They're a team, though, that could, if everything fell into place, you know, if everybody stayed healthy yeah. and they got some production from that bottom of the lineup, they're a team that has the money to go out and make a trade at the deadline. So they're a scary team if they're hanging around. But it, it, one thing's for sure, and Ned, you know, Ned Yost keeps saying it, you know, one game, game one's as big as game 162. It is nice, and mm-hmm. you can laugh at this, but it is nice that we're missing Chris Sale at least one time out of the six series that we're going to see. This year, no. right? Yeah, I agree, and I agree with you said what, what you said about their lineup too, and and Adam Eaton. He's maybe one of my favorite players who plays in this division. Just yeah. love the way that guy plays his leadoff. He's he is so tough to strike out and get out. It's, it's frustrating actually playing against him. We are talking with Clubhouse Conversation Insider Jake Lutz. I'm Davo. So now we've gone through the three through five in the Central. Jake and I both have Minnesota at five. Uh, I have got uh, Detroit at four. Jake has them at three. And then the White Sox, I have them at three. Jake has them at four. So one and two, Jake. My second place team, drum roll please, is the Cleveland Indians at 87 and 75. Do you have them in second or do you have the Royals in second? That is crazy because I have them with that exact same record. Do you really? 87 and, for real? Yeah, 87, 87 and 75? 87 and 75 is what I got them down at. <laughs> okay, well, let, let's, let me start off with Cleveland. So. I'll start on this team. They Last year, you know, so they won 92 games back in 13. They won 85 last year. So, yeah, 87 is where I got them. Jake, this team really, really scares me. Now, they basically, 
you know, just stayed put. They didn't really double down too much. They kind of just stayed mm-hmm. on their 16. <laughs> I don't know. If you're going to look at their, I don't know, whatever. I'm also thinking about Blackjack. But, I mean, they pretty much held fort with what they had. They've got Brandon Moss they added, of course, and then Gavin Floyd, but he's already toast and done for the year. So, really, they just added Brandon Moss. Now, the big question with Cleveland for me, well, there's two big questions. Can Corey Kluber duplicate last year? Answer, close, but no. Mm-hmm. Second answer, can Michael Brantley, you know, continue to be an MVP candidate and be, you know, along with Abreu, be the best two offensive players in the Central, maybe Cabrera, obviously, but, you know, can and maybe Victor Martinez, but can Brantley be in that, you know, group there again? I think so. I think Brantley's a stud. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you the guy, I mentioned him a second ago, I really like Danny uh, Salazar there um, behind Corey Kluber. I think, I think Salazar, along with a guy like Duffy or Ventura, could be the next guy who takes a big leap. You know, has a Corey Kluber mm-hmm. type of year. I lo- I've always loved Salazar stuff. Just sitting behind the dish and watching him at the K a couple times, the ball just pops. It moves. I, I think that the back of that Cleveland rotation, though, is- does not do a lot for me. Trevor Bowers, kind of a head case, very full of himself. Yeah, I think he's finally <laughs> come down to earth, he- stopping his pitching lessons on YouTube and trying to tell everybody that he- he's his own pitching coach. I think he's finally listening, which is good after getting lit up with the Diamondbacks and coming over. Carlos Carrasco is a head case. You know, can never forgive him for throwing at Butler's head. Um, but you know, I, I think Cleveland's rotation is a wash with with the Royals in Chicago. I think they're good. I mean, again, I, like mm-hmm. like we said, one two. A lot of these teams in the Central. A common theme is that we both agree. I mean, Detroit's got Price and and Sanchez, and and the, and the White Sox have Sale and Samarja, and Cleveland has Salazar and Kluber, and the Royals have Ventura and Duffy. A, a common theme is that everyone in this division outside of Minnesota, and even Minnesota is solid with Santana and uh, uh, what's his name Hughes. But Hughes, yeah. yeah, but. Uh, you know, I don't know, Jake. I mean, I, I think it's a solid rotation on par. The difference, uh, the one other thing about Cleveland, their bullpen is really good. I mean, they've got maybe my favorite closer, mm-hmm. you know, besides Holland. Cody Allen's tough. The Royals struggle against him. Brian Shaw pitches before him. You got Mark Rapinski, who they got from the Cardinals. Uh, but then after that, I mean, their middle guys don't do a lot for me. And it's kind of like the White Sox. Their middle guys combined with their middle rotation, how are they going to be able to win those games with guys like, I mean, Scott Atchison, really? Anthony Swarzak, Kyle Crockett. I mean, those guys don't do a lot. So I think I think they're a wash with the Royals in the rotation. The Royals do have the edge in the bullpen by a little bit. Offensively, they definitely have the advantage. This is probably the best offensive team in the American League Central. I mean, go go around the horn. A guy I really love is Jan Gomes, a guy who you do not want to throw the ball down, as we found out last year. He loves that ball by his feet there, the Brazilian player, second you know, in MLB history. Gomes is a stud. you got Carlos Santana. He's always the man. And then, you, of course, Brantley, Michael Bourne, Murphy, Moss. Hopefully they'll bring Rayburn in for his defense and he'll spike the ball in left field again. Okay, <laughs> But in the, in the end, Jake, I guess my final you know summary of Cleveland is – it's a damn good team, but I, I just think the Royals have a little bit better of a rotation or a wash. It's close. It's probably a wash. But KC's got the better bullpen, and uh, Cleveland's got the better offense. I think the Royals, you know, I'll, I'll just tell you what I have them at. I think the Royals win this division by two games. I have them at 89 and 73 is where I have them. So what do you what do you think about Cleveland? I mean, I I like Cleveland. I, I do like the rotation a lot with Kluber, if It'll be interesting to see if he can be – I don't think he'll be quite as good as last year, but I still think he'll be pretty effective. And like you said, I like Salazar. And really, the whole rotation, yeah, it's, it does remind me a lot of the Royals. It is kind of like a wash now. I know they didn't really make any moves except for picking up Brandon Moss, but I think that was a huge move for them. I mean, he was he was pretty good last year. And they have a, they have a pretty good lineup, a pretty solid lineup with him and Brantley and Santana. And um, one of the things, yeah, like you said, the bullpen – 
I mean, they've got, yeah, the, some of those guys who middle relievers, I don't really know much of Forzak and those guys, but they got three lefties. Uh, Francona loves to mix and match, so he's got the type of bullpen that he likes. Yeah, I, I do like uh, Cody Allen, too, as the closer. And, you know, I think they have the best manager, no question, in the American League Central with Francona. Mm-hmm. And one thing, though, that their defense was terrible last year. Yeah, it was. It was one of the worst in baseball. And they didn't really do much to make it any better this year. So that's, you know, you talk about it, but in these close games and stuff, we saw it last year when that dude, when he spiked the ball into the ground. Yeah, in close forever. games, the yep. defense does matter. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think that's the only area that they really will struggle in. But, yeah, they're a pretty good team, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if they, you know, they could. It wouldn't be surprising if they won the division. It wouldn't surprise me if they got a wild card spot. But um, yeah, I got them at eighty-seven and seventy-five just because with the bullpen and the defense kind of being the factors there. Yeah, it's a good team, man. I mean, they really to the average baseball fan, there's not a whole bunch of sexy names unless you really follow baseball. But I mean, it really is a good team, and mm-hmm. I'm with you. I mean, I think the Royals. I think it'll come down to. I don't see the Royals clinching this division until Friday. You know, last you know last Friday of the season, maybe that Thursday, maybe even Saturday. I think it's going to come down to the very last weekend. I've got the Royals at eighty-nine and seventy-three. What do you have them record-wise? I got them at ninety and seventy-two. Okay, nine. I love so, it. I love it. Let's. Yep, I've one one more win than last year. Yeah, what's yeah, gonna take? Yeah, I've got them the exact same. Now, I'll, I'll guess I'll give you my quick thoughts on the Royals here. We talk about it all the time ad nauseum, and we'll talk more about our predictions. So no need to break them down quite as much. But the the one thing on this team, the only thing, Jake, there's one thing on this team that worries me. And the one, th- I mean, the one thing that worries me is still the starting rotation as far as the back end of it, Be- just because. I mean, you look at a guy. We'll, we'll start with Volquez at number three. I mean, it's a guy who two years ago was one of the worst pitchers in the league and was basically almost DFA'd, and now two years later he's got this big contract. And he, yeah, he had a great year last year. It was terrific uh, for Pittsburgh. But I'm, I'm still, I'm not completely 100 percent sold on him. I mainly am. I think he'll be good. I, I think he can at least be league average. But then we talked about it last week. The guy that really worries me is is Jason Vargas, and him giving up four home runs in his last spring training start didn't do a lot to ease my concerns about him. <laughs> I, you know, to me, Vargas has been a completely different pitcher since he came back from uh, the appendectomy last year. Granted, he threw some very good games in the playoffs, and, and I, I'm not saying he's going to be awful. I, I just worry the home run ball could get to him. I, I just think he's, a, a, like I said before, a team like Detroit that has a lot of right-handed bats. Those kind of teams with power, with a lot of right-handed bats, really worry me against Vargas. So that, I have a little bit of concern. I, th- I think Guffey will be actually pretty good this year. It's a contract year for him. He had a very nice spring, probably performed, you could argue, the best out of the five. Didn't have a lot of major league games in the spring. You know, was injured, or was, sorry, was sick for a while and then pitched in a couple minor league games. So we didn't get a lot of sample size from him in the spring, but he looked really good out there. I, so to me, it's just the, the one-two. It comes down to the one-two of Duffy and Ventura. If Duffy and Ventura can stay healthy and each give the Royals 180-plus innings, and then I think this team's going to win the Central. To me, it's Duffy and Ventura. They have to be good. And the good thing is they've got the reinforcement with Medlin coming back, so it's almost like you're going to make a big trade without having to do that, you know, come August 1st or so. <laughs> and then, you know, you've always got Chris Young to fall yep. back on in a pinch. And so, I mean, I just think the bullpen will be even better than last year. I think that the offense will be better. The defense will be as good. I mean, how can they get a lot better? I think they'll be as good, which is all they have to be. And uh, I guess, Jake, my question mark then is just the, the rotation a little bit. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's all going to come down to how good Adventure and Duffy are and whether they both stay healthy. That's the key. If you, if you lose one of them at all this year, I mean, it, we could be talking about a completely different story here because they're that important. 
those two. And, yeah, I agree. I mean, we still I think it's the Royals have the best bullpen in baseball. I still think they have the best defense in baseball. Neither of them really. I think the bullpen actually got a little bit better this year. If you know, that's it's hard to believe. But Agreed. with that back end and the other guys they've added in, I think yeah, the bullpen and the defense. And then, yeah, the depth with our starting rotation helps. It's nice to know that we'll have – you know, Medlin probably coming back later in the summer, and then you've got Chris Young you can fall back on, where a lot of these teams in our division have no depth, like the Detroit Tigers, for instance. <laughs> Remember what happened last year? Who do they have? They have Lobstein? Guys up from, <laughs> yeah, and Robbie Ray. There were guys coming up from A to pitch game for them. <laughs> and that'll be the same story if they lose people this year. So um, the depth is very important for them. If they do happen to lose somebody, you know, they got guys they they can, you know, bring right in and it won't be a huge issue. You won't have to go to Aaron Brooks for a game like he did last year. Ugh, too soon, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Way too soon. But, but yeah, I, I think the team, though, is, and then on offense, I mean, how Rios and Morales hit is going to be a huge factor. If we can get production out of both of them, if Moose can finally have a decent year and if Hosmer can turn into a star, then I think you're looking at a team that's going to win the division and win 90 games. Yeah, I, I, I'm... I mean, I hope I think the Royals are playing with a chip in their shoulder, and I know that they aren't going to rest on their laurels because they're hungry. And I think it's actually Jake probably while it kind of ticks people like you and me off who watch the team every day and 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 love Royals baseball. I mean, they're getting no respect nationally. I mean, I, I look through mm-hmm. out, out in Las Vegas, they had the over unders at eighty and a half, and they were six and a half to yeah. one to win the Central. And and you go through you know reading through the different predictions. I spent a lot of time reading, and it seemed only about one out of five analysts had them winning. A lot of them had them in fourth place under five hundred. I just don't see. It. I mean. How do you no. expect this team is still, you know, pretty young? Even if not young, they're all in their prime. The, the core of this team is entering the prime years of their career. We saw what they could do last year. They have that experience now. They know they can do it. They have a fan base that should hopefully touch two and a half million for the turnstiles this year. So you should have a lot of support behind you. The team, you know, like you said, if you can catch the baseball and pitch, they can run. You know, I think the offense can only get better. I don't see it getting a lot worse. I mean, do we, are, do we really think Rios is going to be a downgrade over Aoki? Except he was good in September. I'll give you know Nori kind of carried us in September, but outside of September, I don't see how he could be worse defensively. We know he'll be better. And then you've you know is Morales really going to have much more of a subpar year than Butler? Do we really think he's going to fall off like he did last year? I don't think so. He finally has a full spring to you know to work out and, and see pitching mm-hmm. and be with the team. I Jake, I just I, I just think they're greatly dis- disrespected. Yeah, I, I think so too, and it's it's mind boggling to me after what they did last year that that the media is not, you know, and the experts, no one's giving them any respect because this is pretty much the same team. You lost Shields, but you you picked up some guys. to re- You picked up a guy to replace him. You made improvements. I feel they keep acting like, you know, Billy Butler was such a loss. I guess they just didn't look to see what kind of year he had last year for us. Right, right. Because he had a really, ter- I would say, terrible year would describe his, his year last year for us. So I think, yeah. The offense, I think, is going to be better. I think Rios is going to be a good player for us. I think Morales is actually going to get back to more of his form from a couple of years ago. And I think, you know, that's they don't even need the offense to be that much better. If their rotation is solid and the bullpen, we know what the bullpen is going to give us and a great defense. No, I think they're set up where they have a good chance to win the division. That bullpen is just, I mean, think when Hochaver gets back, we'll say May 1st, I think it may be more like you know April 20th, but when he gets back, I mean, Jake, I mean, 
the bullpen is that's the thing about Shields too that people mention and they all say well Volquez won't be able to you know replace Shields I agree I don't think anybody's expecting Volquez to throw 215 innings and you know blah 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 but I think mm-hmm. I think that by adding Jason Frazier for a full season I think that by adding Luke Hochaver back in the mix who we didn't have last year you know I, and, and he went and you know Dayton went out and you know Franklin Morales could be a very good another guy that's been a starter and got kind of bombed a couple years ago but a guy that uh, you know perhaps as a reliever could be very good Dayton has a knack for finding those people. We know that about Flynn. I believe Flynn will be on this team. I mean, when Flynn and Morales are like your worst pitchers in the bullpen, I mean, I don't feel dangerous having either of those guys in. I mean, look at some of these other teams we went through, like Scott Atchison. I mean, like some of these guys, I mean, you know, like our, those are our worst relievers. And they're not even bad. They're, I, I don't see a guy yeah. in this bullpen below major league average. No, and that's, that's why it's so dominant. You look at the other teams in the Central, and there's a couple guys that you either never, never heard of or that you know are not, you know, right. solid relievers, below average relievers. Where the, yeah, with the Royals, yeah, there's not one guy who's below average. I don't know. Look at Detroit. I mean, in Detroit, I mean, Detroit probably their best reliever is equivalent to like the Royals' fifth reliever. <laughs> I mean, seriously, though. Yeah, no, that. That Detroit bullpen has got some serious issues. <laughs> we, the season hasn't even started yet. They're going to need quite a few band aids up there with that little Caesars. So hopefully they can they can do that. Well, that's our that's our predictions for the Central. Uh, so we're pretty much the exact same. We just have the White Sox and, and Tigers flip flop. It's funny that we have Cleveland with the exact same record as well, Jake. Now let's get into some Royals awards. Then let's start with the Royals Player of the Year. I will let you go first on your Royals Player of the Year. Player of the year for 2015, I've got Eric Hosmer. Okay. Now I think he hits. I think he hits like between 280 and 290 this year. But I think he'll hit a. I think he's going to hit over 20 home runs. I think he may drive in even close to 100 runs around there. I think he needs to have a huge year, and I. I, I just think it's time. I think this is the year that he. You know, we saw how great he was in the postseason. I think as long as he's healthy all season, which he should be. I think he's ready for that finally that breakout year that we've been waiting for. I agree with him. I've got him a little bit later. My player of the year is Alex Gordon, a guy who most likely is entering a contract year. You know, we last year, mm-hmm. last year in the middle of the year, was so excited and said, you know, I plan on just picking up the option and I don't care what my agent says. You know, I'm my own boss. I think you know he loves Kansas City. He wants to be here. You know, his family is close. A huge family guy, three hours away from Lincoln, and his parents get to see him all the time. And his brother and the Royals have his brother in the system now. One of his brothers, I should say, one of his youngest brother, um, but. I just think it's a guy who's going to be – he doesn't need a contract here. Look, I'm not saying – he's not one of those guys that you know plays for a contract. That's not Alex Gordon. He's a gamer. Right. It doesn't matter if Alex Gordon's playing an A-ball in a rehab assignment. He's a gamer. He's going to give you all he has, have professional bats. But I just think that slightly little extra incentive, and I just still think he's in his prime too. I think some, some of the time last year, you know, he had a couple rough months. I, I think he's going to be consistent this year. I think he'll be – the hand bothered him, the wrist bothered him a lot more than we knew last year. I, I think this is his third straight All-Star season, another gold glove, and I'm seeing a 350, 450, 800. I think 800 OPS, uh, and I'm going to predict – Jake, how about this? A career high in home runs and RBIs. We'll say 24 home runs and 89 RBIs out of Alex Gordon, especially if he's in that two hole. That's I mean, I'm going a little bit high there on, on the RBIs, maybe. But I just I think Alex Gordon's going to drive the baseball much like the you know when he led the the, the American League in, in doubles a couple of years ago. I see a few more of those going out of the park this year. I see a guy 
motivated, hungry to get that World Series championship to go out with a bang. You know, if this isn't but the Royals, he'll leave it all on the field. I still think there's a decent chance they'll get something done with Alex at the end of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, that that's a guy that I think Jake is uh, is is. You know, what are your thoughts on Alex this year? I mean, I like it. Yeah, I I agree with the contract year and everything. Yeah, I think he is. He, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he has a big year. And he's, you know, I think he's due for it. You know, a big time year. And this is him. That's why I was, you know, I was thinking about you choosing him as my player of the year because Osmer is kind of, I guess, next year would be his contract year that he's going to be playing for. Yeah. But still, I think I think both of those guys are the two that I would expect to have breakout years because. We're gonna need. We need somebody to step up and have a year like that. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Gordon's the one who does it either. Now, comeback player of the year can be a player or a pitcher. I, since you mentioned Hosmer, I'll start with him. I've got him as my comeback player of the year, just because. I mean, last year, let's be honest, regular season was not real good. You know, on base, three eighteen, three ninety eight slug, seven sixteen for the OPS. But I mean, only nine home runs. 58 RBIs, played a high level of defense. Maybe maybe shouldn't have gotten the gold glove last year. Maybe probably didn't deserve as much as maybe a Kane or an Escobar did if you had to choose between the guys. But, you know, gold glove caliber at first base always brings you the defense, the leadership, another gamer. It's a guy, though, and we talked about this last week, it's a guy that I think is really going to take a step forward. I'm going to say OPS at or above 800 this year. I'm, gonna, I'm with you, Jake. 20 home runs, upwards of 90 RBIs. And batting average-wise, I see him around 290, kind of like you. So you and I basically have the exact same prediction for Eric Hosmer. I just I just think Alex will be a little bit better for the player of the year. But I've got Eric stepping forward as my comeback player of the year. How about you? Okay, well, I'm going to choose a player who was not with the Royals last year. Ooh, I like this. I like this. I'm, I'm going to go with Alex Rios because and it's not that he had a bad year last year, but he didn't hit for really any power. He was playing injured the entire season, we found out. And I know a lot of people were, you know, kind of giving him crap about it. But he was—it was a wash season. He could have quit. At any, he probably could have gone on the DL and just called it a year at any time last year. They were in last place, and he, you know, he played through all the injuries, played out the season. And I think he's a guy who really—he came here because he wants to win. And um, I think I think he's going to have a huge year offensively. I, th- I wouldn't surprise me at all. He's—he's he's the type of guy who. He's going to be excellent in right field, first of all, compared to what Ioki was. He's got a great arm. He, you know, head takes good routes to the ball, and then he can hit. He can steal bases. I don't think people realize that either. He's he's just a guy who I think could have a, a really good year for the Royals, and is uh, again why I think this offense is going to be much improved. I love that pick. I love Alex Rios out there. I agree. I think he's going to be a very and, and another guy. Jake is playing for a contract again. I mean, another guy who yeah. let's let's be honest here. Another guy who, if he has another bad year, is is very fringe. I mean, is is bordering minor league contract status. And he's not going to go. He's not going to drop that bad. I wouldn't think, even if he has a bad year. But he's not too far from that. He's two years away from being out of baseball with another poor year. And I, he's a motivated player. He wants to play in the postseason. Never has. I know he's had some issues with the, with the hand and wrist already. They've been sitting him, and that's kind of concerning because you know he basically said he had that the whole year, and he's going to have it again this year. But at least with him, it's not something like Omar Infante where you feel like it could have been corrected and wonder why it wasn't corrected. Over the offseason, another guy. Let's just ask you your, your prediction right now. While we're, I mean, we don't have him for an award, but Omar Infante. What, what is your prediction for him this year? What, is he going to be? I've got a, a sneaking suspicion we're going to see Christian Colon as the majority of the everyday second baseman this year, but uh, just due to injuries and what have you. But your thoughts, Infante? I don't know what to expect. I mean, right now I still haven't seen him throw the ball like actually with velocity on it from second base, and I don't even know if he can turn a double play yeah. right now. So. 
I, I don't know how much we're going to be seeing of him. I mean, it, it just depends on how serious this arm issue is because we you can't have him out there if he can't if he's costing you double plays and things of that nature at second base. He's going to be hitting the DL, and it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if Cologne is getting a lot of action out there at second base at all. And that could be a, mean, a position, too, where, Jake, the, the Royals have an excess amount of prospects. I, I don't want to say it like that. They, they, you can never have too many prospects. But they've got enough guys uh, intriguing arms down there where that, that could be a position where they have to go out and make a move in June or July and, and flip one of their young prospects mm-hmm. for either a second baseman or perhaps a starting pitcher if people are underperforming or if Medlin has a setback or whatever. I, I agree. I, I, I'm worried about that position, Jake. I mean, going around the, the horn real quick here, Escobar, you see another just solid. Can, can he hit like he did at the leadoff spot? I mean, he really took his game to a new level last year at the end of the year at the leadoff spot. Will we see more of that this year? I think so. I mean, it it seemed like he was more locked in as a, as a leadoff hitter. I don't, I don't know. He, t- he took more pitches. His bats were better. And he's a guy who all, almost always puts the ball in play. And I think he's, he's the type of guy you want at the top of the lineup. He can steal bases. He hardly ever gets caught. Um, he's a pretty good bunner. He, he can do a lot of things in the leadoff spot. As long as he's patient at the plate like he was at the end of last year, and I think he's got that leadoff spot secured, and he'll be really good in it again. You said the word patient. Salvador Perez, will he be more patient? Will he rebound offensively this year? You know, Maybe even playing a little bit less, helping that too. I, I certainly hope so, because um, he's a great hitter when he's patient. Um, but every, you know, the secret is out around the league on how to get him out. Guys are you know, they're going after him, and then they're, they're, once they get him down on the count, they're burying it in the dirt over and over and over again. Or put in the, he likes to swing at the pitches up in his eyes too. So yeah. he's he's um he's gonna have to get more patient, or else he's gonna we're gonna see more struggles on offense because he's such a good hitter in in the strike zone. I mean, he can pound the ball, he can hit a hard off the field. He needs to get back to more of that. The first half of the season, you know, he I felt like he took the ball, you know, where it was pitched, he took the ball to right field a lot more, and we didn't see that as much. It's like he was trying to pull everything the second half of the season. So if he can get as long as he can be more selective, I think he could get back to hitting, you know, 270, 280 and have a solid season again. Now, I mean, you mentioned a couple things that I agree with. Um, you know, Salvador Perez, I, a guy that I think is another guy that could that could be Royals' comeback player of the year because I could see him bouncing back big. Uh, offensively, I agree. I mean, Jake, when he first came up, we saw. I distinctly remember sitting out there at Kauffman Stadium, and when he was a rookie, and you know, into that year, and just how the ball exploded off his bat to right mm-hmm. center, to right center field, like off the right center field wall, just gap. And I mean, I just thought to myself, I, I mean, I had seen him play in Burlington, Iowa, way back when, and I'd seen him play in in uh, Springdale, Arkansas, and I never saw that. I, I was shocked, and I, at the time. You know, a guy I used to talk to a lot is Jason Adam, a guy who played with him a lot in the minor leagues, and the Royals traded for Willingham last year. But he told me, he's like, this. he goes, yeah, it's legit. I mean, you're going to be shocked how good he is. I mean, his, his approach, like, overnight in the minor leagues just – so I, I think he's got the, the, the capability to do that again, to turn it around. And, you, and you're right. Last year at the beginning of the year, we saw him taking the ball a little bit to the opposite field. But that's Jake because he was taking pitches, being selective, and willing to walk. He was taking the ball where it was pitched. And you're right. I, I don't know if – you know, Ned said it was a fatigue thing where he caught so much that he had to start his swing earlier and guess more because he was worn down. I don't know if I totally buy that. I think it's more approach. I still think if you have a better approach, you can, yeah. take, you can, you can take the first pitch sometimes when they're pitching it up in your eyes. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? So now, how about uh, how about Moose over at third? Well, you know, I like what I saw from him this spring. I mean, hopefully, if he stays committed to hitting the ball to opposite field, then I think his numbers are going to seriously improve. I mean, you know that he's got power. We saw it in the postseason. He can hit. He can hit major league pitching. He can hit the best of major league pitching. He just 
again, with him, he's got to be selective and he's got to be willing to go to opposite field because, you know, the shift that everybody is putting on him. There's one defender on the left side of the infield. <laughs> the left fielder is basically playing left center field. So he is, he's got to, like, he's just got to stay committed to hitting the ball to opposite field and trying to do that more often because that's going to be the key to him. He's, you know, a lot of balls that he hits hard on the right side on the ground, it's going to be very hard for him to ever get a ball through. Yeah. So and he's going to have to stay committed and keep going up the middle and the opposite field for himself to have a, a decent year and a decent average. Now, Jake, I mean, you played college baseball, so you know a little bit about being, you know, hitting approach. I mean, it, when it comes to Moose, though, I mean, how much do you want him to be who he is and hit the ball in the ballpark and try to pull the ball? Because we, we did see him in, you know, break the Royals postseason mark of most home runs in one postseason on one hand. On the other hand, like you said, that pull-happy approach – you know, made him get a lot more outs last year. It, you know, it, it made him easier to pitch. It made him easier to defend. So, I mean, where is that line at, Jake? Where do you draw the line, you know, between being who you are and, and hitting the ball at the ballpark and, and quote-unquote sacrificing power to try to get on base? I mean, it's tough because I think you've got to look at it the way is how, for him at least, I think he's looking at it as how he can help the team and get on base as much. I mean, yeah, his power numbers may be, I wouldn't say down from it, but you can still you can still hit the ball out of the ballpark when you're looking to hit the ball up the middle on top of the field. He's just got to he, he's got to stay committed and be looking to hit it up the middle and know, and trust his hands and know that he can take that inside pitch when he gets a low one in and he can still drive it out of the ballpark. So I think I don't I wouldn't say I'd be worried about it because it's tough to say it's it's a tough line right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. With with looking at that, but I think. I wouldn't be worried about him going out of the field. It may have been just something, too, that he was working on even more in the spring than he actually is in the regular season. Mm-hmm. I think it was more just probably open up his mind to the fact that when he gets those pitches, you know, low and away or outside, outer part of the plate, he's got to stop trying to pull everything and kind of just let his hands relax and take it to the opposite field. And then when he gets one, gets one you know, more to the middle of the, the middle of the plate and inside, he can let it loose and drive it to, you know, and see what happens. I suppose a lot of it's situational too, you know, with two outs and nobody yeah. on two outs and nobody on base, you're playing for the extra base hit and trying to hit a home run. If there's, you know, mm-hmm. runner at, you know, whatever, you know, it, it, you know, if there's a guys on you're down by one or it's a tie game, you need that single for the win, or right? it just depends on the situation. I mean, I'm with you. Um, totally yeah, and I, don't, I don't want him trying to drop one of those bumps that he's been working on really ever unless it's like a <laughs> it's got to be like the right situation where we desperately need a base runner or maybe against like a tough lefty or something I just had a horrible <laughs> flashback speaking of bunts do you remember when Nafi Perez would try that swinging bun and it worked like one out of 50 times <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just I have nightmares about that Nafi Perez swinging bunt to this day, Jake. All right, two more categories for you. Uh, pitcher of the year. I'm, I'll go first on this one. Pitcher of the year. I'm going to go ahead and pencil in Danny Duffy. I see Danny Duffy taking that next step. Talk about a guy that loves the Royals, loves the city. You know, moving here year round now to the Kansas City area. He's going to be living here all the time. Got married. Just a mature kid now. He's, he's taking his whole game to a new level. I mean, not only physically but mentally. A guy that's really prepared and really his number one goal this year is to throw 200 innings now I don't think he'll get there because I don't think the Royals will allow him to I think he's too important of a guy and you've got too good of a bullpen you know to be extending him much past seven innings you know most nights especially because he's a guy that's prone to throw quite a few pitches but I mean Danny Duffy to me I'm seeing 185 innings 
this year out of Duffy. I mean, I don't think he's going to you know duplicate his two five or two three five, whatever it was last year. I see a two nine to three one range out of Danny. If you want the old school meaningless win stat, I see fifteen to sixteen wins out of Danny Duffy. I mean, I, I just I think Ventura is going to be close to him, and I, I you may have Ventura. I don't know. We'll find out in a second. But I think Danny Duffy to me is the guy who's really going to anchor this rotation. I think Danny Duffy is going to be known, <clears throat> as he probably already should, as one of the best left, left-handers left in baseball. I mean, statistically, he didn't have the innings last year maybe, but you know, up and down, you know, ERA, strikeouts, you know, some of the things he did, I think he's already amongst the top, the five to seven range in all of baseball. You know, he's not up there with the, you know, with the Kershaws or the Bumgarner, some of those guys. But I think he's in that five to seven range, and I think he'll solidify that maybe higher this year. Now, how about you, your pitcher of the year? I've got Jordana Ventura. Okay. And um, it's, it's funny because, you know, we said those two were the key right there. They both need to throw. I wouldn't say Ventura needs to throw 200 innings, but I think he's the key being, you know, this. Uh, you know how good he was last year. I think he's got those, He's got to be in the ace. He's got to take a step forward this year, too. Now, I, I think he'll have an ERA, though, under three. I think he's going to have a monster year. I mean, this guy is one of the best, one of the best young arms in baseball. No doubt. And I agree. I you know, I, I thought about picking Duffy, too. It was really between those two. I mean, I could have gone with the traditional thing and said, yeah, Greg Holland. But I, I already know Greg Holland's going to be one of the best closers in baseball again this year. So, um, But you're done, I'm sure, yeah. I think, I think he's going to have a fantastic year and, you know, take a major step even from last year. Do you see him, you know, getting to the 200 inning mark this year? He was close last year. Can he get the 200 inning mark this year? Or will, will they kind of baby him a bit? Because we've seen him... You know, knock on wood. Thankfully, not have any major injuries, but he has had a couple, you know, scares. Will, will that be? Will that be another guy that won't get there? I mean, I guess in third you probably need. I mean, you believe Guthrie will probably get there because he seems to always do that in recent times. But mm-hmm. will he be the only guy? Will Vargas get there? I mean, how many two hundred inning guys will there be in this rotation, Jake? It's tough to say. I think I think Guthrie will get there. I think Vargas very well could get there because you know he's not throwing as hard and he's done this before. I I'd be surprised if Ventura got there if they'd let him get there, but I think he'll be very close just like last year. Um which is playing it safe. Yeah, I don't I don't know about Volquez if he, I don't think I don't think Duffy will get there, but I think he could definitely get close as well. But you know, they're they're going to need a lot of innings out of these guys. I mean, we're lucky though too. We got a bullpen that can pick these guys up at times, so yeah, they've got a, got a great bullpen. We talked about that mainly. I mean, real quick before we get to the comeback or before we get to the you know the minor league thing here, is there anybody in the bullpen that scares you or anything at all that worries you about that bullpen? I just I just think it's um you know I think it's even better than last year, especially when Ho Chavers here and I mean up think about the how I think one thing nobody's talked about Jake is the fact that. They've really upgraded the long man in that bullpen. I mean, you had Bruce Chen part of last year. I'm trying to think, you know, throughout there wasn't really a real, you know, a real reliable long man for a good portion of last year. And I mean, you've got, in theory, possibly by the end of the year, Ho Chaver could throw a couple innings. I'm assuming at some point. But I mean, you've got Chris Young out there. Assuming you don't, you don't need him in the rotation, he can give you three, four, five innings, two innings. Uh, you know, you've you've got Flynn who can give you as he's a converted starter. Morales is a converted starter, and you know, even down in the minor leagues, you've got plenty of guys who can come out you know to that pen that were starters. So, I mean, do you agree? I mean, I think the the long relief may be one of the most unsung heroes of this team this year. Yeah, it's it's great to have that too. Yeah, you think about the past years when you had Bruce Chan or you had Mendoza. You always had like one guy who was like a mop up man. Yeah, you had like Mendoza. Like last year for a while, it was Michael Marriott. Oh gosh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you, you think about that, but with the guys we got now, we got we got ex. I mean, 
we've got times where it's almost like if one of our starters, we can tell he's going to have a rough day and he's in a pinch in the second or third inning, you can go to one of these guys without hesitation and say, you know what, it's, we can still win this ball game despite being down a few runs early. So I, I think that's a huge factor. I think it's, a, it's a, uh, something that a lot of teams don't have, having a guy like Chris Young who can be, you know, could be probably in a lot of starting rotations, honestly, around the league as one of your long guys, yeah, and, and other guys like Flynn and, yeah, Morales who can give you innings. I mean, I think it's, yeah, there, there's no weak link in that bullpen. The fact that we got guys like Lewis Coleman who are getting, you know, cut, we, we had too many guys in the pen. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you still got Ryan yeah. Matson. I mean, Ryan Matson could be the odd yeah. man out. He's he's probably he's good enough to probably. I, I don't know. I still don't know that he'll get claimed, but I, I mean, he's got to be good enough to, to pitch on at least five to ten major league bullpens at least right yeah, now. Yeah, the, the Tigers should be calling yeah. him up immediately. It wouldn't it wouldn't shock me <laughs> if they try to get Coleman. Although I, I think that yeah. I doubt that happens, but that could be a possibility. Now, last category tonight, Jake and. And, uh, you know, the, it's kind of a fun one. I, and I made this kind of obscure. I mean, it'd be easy to pick. What, what the category is is the minor league player who's yet to make his major league debut. So the minor league player who does make his major league debut this year and has the biggest impact. So that excludes Finnegan. He's not allowed. That excludes Terrence Gore. Excludes even, you know, Francisco Pena, who, you know, got in one game last year as a, as a defensive replacement. So those are a few of the guys that are excluded, even guys like Lane Adams, so on and so forth. But, uh, to me, there's 10 candidates, Jake, and I'm, before, I'll let you pick your guy first, but I'm going to throw out the 10 names here that I think are the 10 guys to consider, and we'll see if you have one of those 10. I'm assuming you probably do. But the 10 names I have as possible guys that I think of when I think of this, you go through it. You've got Paulo Orlando, who is on the 40-man roster, and I think he probably is going to make this opening day roster unless they go ahead and do something with Coleman to get that you know, guy we talked about earlier, the super sub guy, or perhaps maybe, maybe they add Whit Merrifield, which I'd love to see too. I love Whit. He's a he's a gamer. He's gonna be a he'll he's gonna be a good one, man. That's a guy you never hear anything mm-hmm. about. So it could be him making the opening roster. Most likely it'll be Orlando. So Orlando and Merrifield are two of the guys. I think Sean Manaya outside chance could make that by the end of the year and probably more likely next year. You've got Miguel Almonte, same thing. You've got uh John Lamb who's on the forty, which helps him back at Omaha. You've got Christian Benford who'll be uh, uh, opening up in uh, in Arkansas, but be up to Omaha by probably June if all goes well. Uh, Matt Fields is a guy that really hit the ball hard and hits a lot of home runs. The question with him is, can he catch up to the big league fastball? Can he lay off the curveball and hit a good one? You know, I don't know. He's not in the 40. That may be a stretch, but a guy that I really like a lot that I think in a pinch could come up and, and maybe for a while uh, do a good job. I mean, and a couple other names, Jake, that I think you need to look at. I mean, you've got Kyle Zimmer, obviously, but the two other names that nobody talks about is perhaps Brett Eibner, who had a nice spring, and also a guy named Sam Selman, who a lot of people don't know a lot about, a former second-round pick, and I, I could see him as, as an effective left-handed reliever uh, as a loogie later on in the year. So those are the ten guys I have. Before I give you who I picked of those ten, I'll let you go ahead and start here. Did you have one of those ten names as your guy? I did, and I'm, I'm actually going to talk about a few different guys here. Uh, I was first, I kind of selected somebody who was on the 40 and then somebody who wasn't, but okay. I think it's going to be one of these outfielders. Okay. Now, like you said, Orlando may make this team, but um, actually, I think he will make this team, this roster, but I'm excited to see what he, I tell you what, he looks like a hitter down, down there in spring. He's hitting the ball hard. He can hit the ball to every field. He can steal bases. He's a guy who can help the team right now. But then I look at some of the other outfielders like Eibner. Mm-hmm. I mean, thank goodness, the spring he had. I don't know if you saw those two home runs he hit yesterday against the Dodgers, they were both the dead center and no doubters. Mm-hmm. I mean, and off of a major league pitcher. So this is a guy who can – I think one of these – it's 
crazy because we're pretty set in the outfield, but a fifth outfielder I think could be the key. And, you know, Eibner's not on the 40. And then um, also Whit Merrifield, that guy, like you said, that guy is a gamer. He mm-hmm. can play too. He looks like a hitter at the plate. I think they got a lot of options at that fifth outfield spot. Orlando may start the year, and if he's, you know, who knows if we ever have an injury or something, you may see one of these other guys up too. So I think there's definitely some talent for that fifth outfield spot. Yeah, to- totally agree. So, did, did, are you picking one of those guys for your for your guy, or is it a different guy? For my guy? Yeah, for the. You're, now, this you said this guy's got. I want. Sorry, I just got off track there. I want to talk a little bit about those guys, but the guy. Yeah, you got said this guy may not make it this year, and you know it wouldn't surprise me. He probably won't. But Sean Manet, it wouldn't surprise me if he has something like what happened with Brandon Finnegan last year. Mm-hmm. Okay. If he's a guy you could see in September, you know he's a left-hander. You may, you may. I know he's only been in high A last year, but he's a guy who could make some serious progress throughout the season. They could get him into double A, maybe triple A for a little bit, and then maybe a guy you could say, hey, let's bring him up in September and see how he looks, because you know we want to throw have another left-hander, long reliever in the pen, see how he does, and he's a guy who could help you maybe down the road there. I, so. th- that is a solid pick. I like that pick a lot. I really do. But just for the fact that you mentioned, I mean, the whole it, it could easily be a Finnegan thing. Because as far, I mean, in my opinion, I also think Finnegan might struggle a bit this summer. I hope Royals fans don't get down on him if he does, because he's got a you know hugely bright future. Mm-hmm. But the kid, you know, let's remember. I mean, he was great when he came up, and and no doubt helped the Royals. I mean, you could you could argue that like five different guys won that wild card game. You know, Salvi and Willingham had a huge hit. No one ever talks about, and of course. You know, coming in and shutting him down for a few innings is what uh, Finnegan did. So a lot of guys did. But I think he's also a guy that the book is kind of out on him now. He got hit a little bit harder, you know, later in the playoffs. Yeah. And a guy who's, just, you know, we'll see how many innings they let him throw this year, too. I'm not, I'm not completely sure that we'll even necessarily see Finnegan a lot this year. I think we probably will at some point. But I agree. I think Manaya could easily be that guy. That's not who I'm choosing, Jake. I love that selection, though. There's two guys that I'm looking at, and you mentioned one of them, Eibner. Um, I mean, like you said, <laughs> this spring is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, uh, granted, it's only 20, <laughs> yeah. 28 at-bats, but five home runs in 28 at-bats, 536 on base, 552 slugging, 1,286 on the OPS. Now, granted, I am aware it's like six or seven games worth, so, but that's still a good sign for a second-round pick out of 2010. Now, that's a guy, Jake, you know, that had high potential when he was signed, and sometimes it takes guys till they're 26, 27, 28, you know, to explode and a guy that was you know, so that that could be a guy that does come up. He's he's not he's number two though. He's not my number one pick. I, but I agree though. That, by the way, one other thing about Eibner is that you know he of course was a great pitcher for Arkansas as well in college. I actually had a scout from an NL West team. We'll just say a scout from an NL West team last week tell me that he could be in a major league bullpen right now. Jake, he thinks he's that good as a reliever. So I I'm surprised there's never been more talk about him going to the pen. You know, some of the years he struggled. Last year was with Omaha, 74 games. Not great, but solid. I mean, it was a decent step forward. You know, 317, 380, and 697. He had 7 and 27 uh, in 74 games. But a guy that I think could make that next jump just based on potential. But, Jake, the guy I'm going to go with, though, is Kyle Zimmer. I think uh, a lot of people are going to be shocked when Kyle Zimmer comes up at some point this year. A guy who just threw four and two-thirds innings combined last year, threw 108 in 2013. He's had a lot of different, uh, you know, bicep, tricep, shoulder, different issues. Um, you know, We've had him here in Clubhouse Conversation, talked to him many times. Great kid, gamer. And the, the thing about 
the thing about Zimmer, Jake, is I keep hearing guys in the Royals front office say that he has better stuff than Yordano Ventura. And I mean, I've heard that too. That, that's it's hard to believe, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> that's scary. It, it's scary, and it's a guy that I hear a lot of Royals fans and on the social medias and everything, and rightfully so. They haven't seen him, and a lot of them say, "Oh, you know, he's always injured. He'll never be here." I don't think so. I, I he's a guy that they took that had relatively low mileage on his arm. I don't think he even started pitching until he was like seventeen. So it's a guy that doesn't have a lot of innings on his arm. It's a guy who I think has had some annoying issues and I think they finally figured out what it was and they corrected it this offseason. The guy that will be hopefully coming up through the system by May or June. But I think I think Jake that along with Medlin, I you know, perhaps they'll, they'll probably make a trade this year, you know, with some of the arms they have down there to improve at second base or maybe in a starter or whatever they need at that point if there's an injury. I think that I think Kyle Zimmer could be that kind of an impact uh the second half of this year. I, I just think that the stuff is so good with Zimmer um, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited to see him come up because I, you know, when he was when he was signed too, you heard all the the comps to to Justin Verlander. So you know, I I just I'm loving Zimmer. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I you know I would love to see him. I've I've heard a lot about him. I still haven't gotten a chance to actually see him pitch, but I've you know we've heard everything about. It. I've heard that rumor yet yeah, that he has better stuff. Nordano Ventura, which is still still hard to believe, but um, but yeah, I mean if he can if he's healthy this year and once he starts pitching is effective i mean yeah I, if he's as good as they say he definitely could help his team out you know maybe come september yeah and, and uh yeah. <laughs> another another guy. arm yeah just another scary arm that could be in there with either you know with him maybe at the end of the year yeah oh gosh yeah yeah absolutely and a guy that can give you a spot start maybe but and you know it has the advantage of nobody ever seeing him either at the major league level um now one other guy I wanted to talk about, we mentioned him, is Miguel Almonte. And another guy I keep hearing reports on that they say is more he, – he's similar to Ventura, a lot of people say, and he's more advanced at his age and level uh, – level, I guess it was um, – than Ventura was. So Miguel Almonte for Royals fans. You know, several high-impact starters. We mentioned Sean Mania, uh Zimmer. Uh, Miguel Almonte, those are probably the real big three you hear a lot about. But don't sleep on John Lamb, a guy that's on the 40 that once upon a time was a lot of people thought was mm-hmm. the best of that, you know, of, of the Mike Montgomery and him and Tim Melville and, and some of those guys that were coming up. He was thought of as the best lefty out of all of them by a lot of people. Had some injuries. Had a pretty nice year, especially for quite a while in Omaha, but not sleep on him. Christian Benford, a guy that, man, was amazing last year. You worry maybe a little bit, and he yeah. missed bats enough when he gets to the upper levels to, to Omaha and Kansas City, but that could be a guy that could slide into the back of the rotation or a long reliever at some point. I don't think we'll probably see Almonte or Benford or probably not even Lamb this year. Possibly. Hopefully we do. But I actually hope we don't. Uh, <laughs> hopefully everybody's healthy. But <laughs> but uh, those are the kind of guys that could be involved in the trade, though. So don't be surprised if you hear more about those names, if you hear an Almonte or a Lamb or a Manaya. Uh, although Manaya is a guy that everyone asks for, and the Royals will not give him up. Him and Mondesi are pretty much untouchable. So, and Jake, I mean, anything else you want to add? I guess and is opening day is coming up. Anything else to think about with this team? You know, man, I'm just I'm just excited to get going. You know, we've been talking for, you know, it was a shorter off season, which is nice, and hopefully it'll be a short off season again this year because that would mean that we are playing deep into October, and that's the plan, right? <laughs> yeah, that would that so. would that would be good. Yeah, so uh, hold on. I'm I'm just excited to get going. We're only three days away now, and uh, I think yeah, I think there's there's a lot to be excited about this team. Not only this year, but the future too. As, as get, I'm just getting excited as we're talking about these minor league guys right now. Yeah, and it's also nice that they were able to 
you know, it's too bad about Tim Collins. That was sad. But but besides that, I mean, really, in the grand scheme, you, you know, most teams it seemed like had a Tommy John this this spring, and we hear like Detroit had all these injuries and different teams. I mean, the Royals relatively were unscathed this spring training, and that's obviously the most important thing. Oh, by the way, one guy I forgot to talk about is Lorenzo Cain real quick before we part ways here. Any any thoughts on Lo Cain this year? I, I could see him stepping his game up a little bit as well. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, I think he'll just build off of what he did last year. He's, you know, you know what he can do. He can, he's, he's really, he, his plate discipline just improved so much again last year. It seems to be the key for all of our hitters. When they're patient, when they're seeing pitches, swinging at stuff in the zone, they're all seem to be excellent hitters. And Kane's speed, too, is a game changer because he can beat out ground balls that other guys are just routine plays for other guys. So, um, I yeah, I think Kane. I think we'll see a similar year to last year. I mean, he maybe. I don't know if he'll hit 300 again, but he may. I think he'll hit at least two. I'd say probably above 280, and that would. I'd be happy then. Hopefully, a little bit more power. I'd like to see. I'd like to see a little bit more power out of him this year. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think Kane's a guy that'll get on base close to 350 again. Up the, up his game there. I agree. I mean, the, he was to me the me. Well, it's hard to say who the most impressive was in the postseason because I mean you had Moose. I mean you had all the different guys that really stepped it up. It was a team effort. But I mean, to me, like you said, Jake, his plate discipline, like something, just, it was like a switch went on. Like the breaking balls down with two strikes he used to swing at, he laid off. The, you know, he mm-hmm. he's not getting himself out. And I, even this spring, I paid attention when I saw his at-bats. I saw probably 10 of his at-bats this spring, and it was pretty much the same thing. I mean, so that's that's good to see. I mean, the thing with Kane, obviously, is number one, stay healthy, and number two, the plate discipline. And we know what he can do in center field. He got robbed of a gold glove last year. That was ridiculous that he didn't get oh, absolutely. a gold yeah. glove. I mean, yeah, he, we, we know what he can do on in defense. He, he's one of the best center fielders in baseball, and he, he should have – he should have had that American League gold glove. That was yeah, an absolute robbery. Exactly, exactly. Well, Jake, I mean, it's been a it's been a great. I'm real happy with this. You know, we've gone over a lot in this in this dish here. I'm excited to look back at the end of the year and and see where we are with all this and with our predictions. It'll be fun to bookmark bookmark this one and come back later and and check it out. But yeah, and, and we'll also be talking to Jake. I uh, hope everyone listening enjoyed this. You know, make sure you keep it here on Clubhouse Conversation for the weekly interviews with current and former Royals players. We'll also be having Jake each Sunday. Uh, him and I will go through and talk about the the whole week and where the Royals are at, our thoughts on the previous two two or three series for that week and what we have upcoming the next week. So, Jake, we'll catch up with you again, I guess, in, what, nine days, I guess, already next Sunday. So it'll you know, hopefully the Royals will have, you know, four or five wins by then. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, hopefully it'll be a good, a good first week, get off to a hot start. That would be nice. It'll be nice uh, not seeing Chris Sale, that's for sure. And and it'll be nice talking to you again soon here on Clubhouse Conversation. I will be back, uh, I guess, on what, Monday uh, evening. We'll have our first post-game dish of the year, and Jake will be back with me again every Sunday, all spring, all summer, and hopefully into the fall here on Clubhouse Conversation. Jake, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you.